Welcome to Moving Panels One Shot. Let's uh, have a nerdy little conversation. So today uh, uh, I'm going to be chatting with kind of a roundtable discussion here after the premiere of Disney Plus and Marvel Studios' WandaVision. The first two episodes have dropped on Disney Plus. Uh, we are releasing this episode after the third episode, assuming they're not releasing them two at a time like they did here. Um, releasing the third episode, but we are recording this the same weekend as the first two. Also want to give clear spoiler warnings. If you haven't watched WandaVision, we will be discussing pretty much everything that happened in episodes one and two. Um, so I'm going to go and make that clear. But joining me for this discussion, first off, is longtime friend and multiple time guest host for me. Uh, and that is Mr. Chad Smith. How are you, Chad? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's good to see you guys ready to talk about some, some comic nerdiness. <laughs> and also joining us uh, from the 80s Flick Flashback podcast and also a multiple time guest host for me, it is uh, Mr. Tim Williams. Hello, this is For the Children. For the Children. <laughs> for the Children, for yes. The children. <laughs> so first spoiler at like 53 yeah. second mark. Yeah. Just there we go. Jump right, <laughs> I just, I just right into it. <laughs> nice. All right, so um, so here we are, WandaVision, the, what was really, even though it wasn't meant to be, what is the first movie of Phase 4 of the MCU? Of course, it was supposed to be Black Widow, but because of the COVID-19 pandemic, that got postponed, and uh, WandaVision, as one of the first of the, what, half a dozen television series Marvel has planned, first to come <laughs> yeah. out, of course, it is... Uh, I don't know if you'd call it a parody, but it's an homage to classic television shows. The first episode hitting the 50s with a clear Dick Van Dyke uh, feel to it, um, which I heard they actually consulted him. Yeah, yeah, he was a consultant and had no idea that the MCU was a thing or nearly as big as it is. Yeah. Pretty funny. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, and then the second episode, not a drastic change in style, but clearly more in the 60s with mm -hmm. what was clearly a, a nod to the Bewitched television show in the opening. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so let, let's get it out there. Initial impressions. Uh, Chad, what do you think? So um, I guess my first thought was, why are they even bothering dropping two on the first weekend? Yeah. And then you watch them. And for me, it was immediately clear. If you had just dropped episode one, uh, that would have been a very odd episode to try to limp through and then wait a week to see episode two. So they had to set you up to then you know, set the hook in the second episode. I feel like uh, the first episode, I mean, you have what, 20 minutes of basically a 1950s sitcom with no, right. nothing terribly unusual or anything <laughs> for a little while. And then all of a sudden, you know, vision has to, to rip a piece of steak out of this dude's throat. Apparently I, I, I like long setups. Uh, I know a lot of the internet did not. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed like there were a lot of people that had problems with how slow uh, they built. So I'm really looking forward to it. Now I'm all for the slow burn. I love a yeah. slow burn. Now there's only what, eight episodes uh, for this series. And so it's going to come a lot faster than we actually think. Um, but yeah, but I definitely know I'm all for the slow burn. All right, Tim, what about you? Initial impression? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think I, I agree with having two episodes to start with. If I had just seen, well, now I'm, you know, I'm a diehard Marvel person, MCU fan. So I would have kept watching the first episode, but I was surprised basically because of all the ads they've done. 
I was expecting to jump from the different sitcom eras, not let's just spend a full 25 minutes in this one, you know, I love Lucy, uh, Dick Van Dyke style show. Uh, but I kind of liked it better that way because it, it, of course, me growing up, I remember watching I Love Lucy and the Dick Van Dyke show. So there was a lot of big nostalgia for me watching this thing. That's really cool to do that. And then, of course, scratching that Marvel MC as well. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So uh, I was a little, I can't say disappointed. I was just, it was interesting to me that it, it did not move as fast to the next phase or the next uh, series as doing one at a time. But now knowing that's the concept, I'm even more excited about being that way. And maybe now, now realizing it's not going to be as confusing as I thought it was going to be because I was thinking I might have to keep up with which TV sitcom she's in for this five minutes and it's going to switch back and forth. So I don't know. But uh, I enjoyed it. I, I my, And my wife watched it. Not as big of an MCU fan as me. As me, she's seen all the movies, but she doesn't you know talk about stuff like I do. But she really enjoyed it and she was kind of dis- disappointed there's only two episodes. Where's the third one? I'm ready. Let's go. So, uh, yeah. uh, so oh, we're excited about the next episode. No, we were the same. Uh, I'm sure if, if you haven't heard my wife and I, Bethany, we debated on a one shot before binging versus weekly watching. <laughs> right. I love the weekly watching. Bethany yeah. does not. So she was exactly the same. As soon as that second episode ended, she was like, <laughs> okay, next episode. And I'm like, nope, we, we don't get the next episode <laughs> until next week. Um, but no, I actually knew about the the each episode was kind of a different um sitcom uh era, setup. era in tv yeah yeah but and of course i'm sitting there going wait eight, eight episodes and they start in the 50s then they went yeah. 60s and i'm going 70s 80s 90s 2000 i'm like they're gonna run out of decades yeah um and honestly what do you do in the 2000s or 2001 that would right. really well which my which my my first first thing we'll find out is through wrong you know right or wrong I wonder as if they get closer, like into the 80s, 90s, if then it begun, begins to jump back and forth and become more scrambled. If Because I guess one of the, one of the prevailing theories is that this is, these are all creations of Wanda, that she's trying to find some kind of normalcy wherever she is. Of course, we, we don't know what that, what that is yet. But, uh, and if she is somewhat losing her mind, and one theory is she become, is going to become one of the villains in the uh, Doctor Strange, movie since this is tied into that that maybe it's going to become a little not as cookie cutter as we've so far so i don't know i've read all those theories and i think that's (laughs) that's super interesting um but i also distrust anything that kevin feige says or allows to come out early because (laughs) he is a master of deception so i kind of I really kind of wonder if the whole um, uh, multiverse of madness titling and all that stuff is partly a misdirection. I'm wondering if she has anything to do with this at all. And I kind of think that I I think part of the series has to come into the real world sooner or later. So I don't, I don't really have a problem with the like one, you know, episode per decade, basically kind of thing. So I don't know. I think, you know, toward the end of the run, we'll, we'll come into seeing what's actually going on, not just yeah. the, the which, sitcom version which of we've it. we've kind but. of already been hinted at with the trailers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen uh, Randall Park's character um, mm-hmm. who we were kind of hinted at in that second episode where that, I don't know about y'all, that was his voice coming through yeah. the radio. Yeah. yeah, And so we were kind of already hinted at it. Will, there is a crossover. So let's get into talking about, and again, spoilers abound here if you're listening. Do you think this is 
because based off of what Randall Park's character is saying, you know, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Mm-hmm. So is Wanda doing it or is someone forcing her to do it? Yeah. Like, is she oh, prisoner man. of someone? So it definitely seems like that she's captive right now. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Now, is the is she trapped in this bizarre sitcom world somehow? Or is that her coping mechanism with her captivity? Like, I think that's kind of the interesting questions that will come out through the series uh, from what we've seen so far. Which brings me to, to, to come off of that. Is this a, like, Truman Show type setup? I say that because of one moment. I'm, I'm basing that literally off of one moment. And that is when... Uh, uh, Gwendolyn introduces herself mm-hmm. right? Uh, because you can tell for a second she doesn't remember who she is mm-hmm. and then she has to and then she says what her name is and you know you, you kind of wonder is it because she forgot who she was or what might be more obvious is kind of the same way Vision and Wanda don't remember things is mm-hmm. it because of whoever's messing with them you know don't know who they are or whatever it might be but but with that being said that character this was released before the show came out that character is uh that little girl from captain marvel now grown up and so we know that she's a bigger character and all that so i mean you know where where are they going (laughs) with that you know is is she working for shield or obviously sword uh as we clearly see in these or is she a prisoner like possibly Wanda and Vision are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. And you do uh, have to wonder, especially since they've already announced that in phase four, we're going more to the cosmic stuff. Um, so that implies like secret wars, uh, some of the other stuff there. Uh, and the Eternals movie is coming. So you are talking about beings with, um, you know, theoretically the power to do this kind of setup. So uh, I don't know, but the sword thing, I w- yeah, I was about to hit that, the helicopter, the color yeah. helicopter yeah. in the bush. Well, I'm I'm still at a loss, like obviously <laughs> sword, but what's that representing? Is that something that corresponds to the real world? Like, what do you guys think? Well, you know, sword in the comics, they are kind of the, what, what would you call them, the space division of, yeah. of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. So that does tie into the those aspects that you were just talking about real quick. Cause when you brought that up, so I watched both of these episodes twice. Mm-hmm. I watched them once for just the sheer entertainment purpose. And then I watched them back again to see what I could catch. You mentioned the, the scene with the helicopter both times I tried and I didn't catch anything both times, but did you notice after she picks it up, she looks back as if somebody was looking at her th- through the window. Mm-hmm. Did well, y'all see? I, yeah. yeah. The upstairs I, window. I, yeah. yeah discussion and i thought she was trying to figure out if that's when the noise against the window and not the tree branch that she was wondering if that's what was making noise that was waking them up not that she thought someone was looking at her through the window but that's mm. just that's just the way i took it. uh what what about here here's a wild theory what about <laughs> the fact that the uh the um the helicopter was in the colors of iron man suit yeah I, that was the first Ooh. thing i noticed yeah which yeah, then I wondered, yeah. is this something Stark is trying to help her get out? Since there are already Stark commercials, yeah, I was going to point that out too. That's the one tie-in to kind of the rest of the world that we've seen so far was the very bizarre Stark commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the strange close-up of her as the toast gets ready. I was like, this is, I don't know what they're trying to tell us here, but it's creepy. Well, of right. course, and that was also the first indication, the the red light turning 
or yes. the light turning yeah. red in the middle of yeah. the, the commercial. So the first indi- that was really, I think in that first episode, that was our first indication of yeah. kind of something breaking through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, but yeah, very, that probably more so, that, that one commercial probably more so than the rest of it really gave it that like uh, Twilight Zone type yeah. feel. <laughs> yeah. It was very strange. Uh, back to um, the whole pre- tree branch hitting. We're, we're way scattered on this, but the oh. tree branch hitting the window and everything. Uh, am I the only one that was kind of shocked at Vision being a kind of a coward? Like, yeah. I thought yeah. that scene was kind of funny. Like, uh, you know, the, they weren't the typical superheroes. So uh, that was fun. Well, it seems that even when she told him to help, you know, when the guy with the boss was choking, it seems that he's very much, you know, at her yeah. beck and call or at her command. Yeah. So once again, if it goes back to, you know, in and what we understand of so far at the end of Endgame, Vision is is dead. So there is right. really no Vision. So if this is all something that's a world that she's created in her head. He's right. not going to be like the regular Vision. He's only going to do what kind of she allows him to do or how she perceives him to do that. So if she's he. If she sees herself as a stronger one and he's the weak one, then that's going to come across that way. So, yeah, that I did, scene. I did, I did have that scene. Like, why that scene definitely, this? you could tell he was looking at her like, you've got to let me help him. Yeah. And yeah, I, I immediately thought the same thing was he can't do anything without her allowing it. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, that was a very interesting so, little moment. I'll have to read. I have to rewatch, but to throw a little bit of a wrench in that, uh, just again on first take, like he is like living a life outside of just being in scenes with her, though. So he is doing decision making at work. He had that funny dynamic. He went and got gum drunk, apparently. Like, (laughs) you know, that's that's what intoxicates vision somehow, Uh, you know, by himself. And he was being forceful at that meeting, even, you know, wanting to to dive into protecting the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, both, both of which are phenomenal scenes, by the way. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, Paul Bettany does not disappoint. He's yeah. a fu- funny dude. No, um, they they so, both play so their parts so well. He, he does have, you know, a, at the very least some level of autonomy. Uh, so I don't think it's necessarily just, you know, he's part of her dream kind of thing. Like he has been given some level of sentience at whatever he is currently. So I don't know, man. So, and, and, you know, I want to make it clear. It's, I mean, I can't necessarily speak for Chad and Tim, but uh, this is initial reactions. We haven't done any research. This is really just what three comic book nerds thought watching these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Chad and, and I had discussed this back when we discussed the upcoming uh, things and whatnot, but after seeing it, what are your thoughts about the whole House of M tie-in? I don't see that coming, honestly. Like, I, I, I don't. I, I wasn't going into it looking for that uh, for House of M to show up. Um, I just, you know, those guys at, at Marvel Studios are geniuses, so they might pull a, a a bait and switch somewhere in there. But I don't see this being based from House of M. I don't know so how even with you the get possible, that. you know, her. Her and again, spoilers. Her uh, being pregnant at the end of the last episode for the second. Yeah, episode. but uh, yeah. So uh, uh, we're we're just gonna have to see where that goes at all because 
you know, was she being duped into not thinking she's pregnant? So is, is her, is, is them gaining color? Is that part of them realizing uh, what is actually happening in the world kind of thing, all this sort of stuff. Uh, but the pregnancy would be super baffling because vision again has been dead as far as we know. So, and you know, he's a robot, so yeah. we don't even know if, you know, anything is capable there. Well, but that, that brings me, because again, in my, I, I'm not as big of a Marvel fan as I'm sure people are, are know, but I, I do know enough. What about the? I'm going to throw it out there because it's the one theory I have. What about the Mephisto possibly tie-in? Yeah, and I, I, and there I are some clues. There are some clues, and Agnes <laughs> is the big clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, the fact and you that haven't seen. Yeah, you haven't seen her husband yet. You haven't seen her husband. Her name is Agnes, and in the comics, Mephisto has a quote-unquote wife named Agatha Harkness. You squeeze that name together, it becomes Agnes. (laughs) Um, There was even the joke at the little, uh, I forgot what the the meeting was that Wanda uh, visited, where the the woman said the devil's in the details, and then Mm -hmm. Agnes says that's not the only place he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, that would be pretty trippy. But uh, did it, uh, another one? So we talked about the sword reference on the helicopter. Um, I did not go back and look at it, so I'm going to ask you, Laramie. Did you catch? Was that still the sword logo on the beekeeper? Yes, there was a sword yeah. logo on his back, and then at the end of the first episode, the person taking notes when he closes his notebook, there's a sword logo on the notebook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, there's, yeah, this is definitely going to pick up quickly, I feel like. But is there any indication that you saw that the beekeeper and the voice trying to talk to her are on the same side? I see. I don't know about that. That was because that was my other thought. Is this kind of a planet Hulk adjacent story? Is Sword the one? that have her captured to keep her insanity in check from destroying, you know, reality as we know it or whatever. So, uh, because the beekeeper was pretty ominous. He wasn't, he didn't seem like he was there to help, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And she was quick to say, nope, don't want that and rewound and change that scene. So, Which again, gave us another indication that she has control of what is happening. So, okay, so let's tie in another that was really an obvious for more so more so comic book people maybe than than just your average do you think there's anything out of the commercial from the second episode that had the hydra logo that the watch was called trucker um i mean do we think there's more to that or was that just a fun easter egg I think it's got it's got it's got to be. I think they're just dropping all so little breadcrumb clues that we're not really going to understand how it all makes sense until like episode six or seven, maybe even eight. I mean, that's that's my theory, and that's that's my theory. Well, I mean, it's not a leap in the sense that uh, Hydra was controlling Shield. We, you know, yeah. this is super canon at this point. So, uh, yeah, have they maintained a level of control? Has the you know, the proverbial Hydra head not been as severed as we thought. Like, you know, are they still invested in this? And, and they're trying to do something to Wanda to get uh, you know, some result that they're looking for, that sort of thing. 
And and my next question would be, uh, what does that something have to do with her and Vision's magic show? Because that was pretty awesome. So. <laughs> so going back to the sword reference, because I've been dwelling on that since you said it, that again, the end of the first episode would clearly almost make it look like sword is monitoring everything. So mm-hmm. is it a situation where they're watching what is happening because they're in control of it in a way? But then that would go against the Randall Park connection, uh, which he was he's Agent Wu, because remember, he was in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, mm-hmm. Would that go against him saying, you know, trying to get Wanda's attention? You know, because if they're behind it, why would he be trying to break through trying to get Wanda's attention through the radio? Well, in that statement, you're assuming that Agent Wu is working for Sword. So I I don't think he is because I, that that beekeeper thing was just too ominous to me. Like he is, uh, it, 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 there was more of an aggressor. Even the fact that it was a beekeeper seems a little bizarre and a little we've got you contained kind of idea. Uh, so I don't think that those two entities are working together. I don't think that sword and and the the voice uh hopefully it is agent Wu are on the same side well because i mean well, agent because he, he yeah. is an agent of shield so yeah. and I are, think you, are you thinking sword's not a part of shield in this universe well so how much of shield remains uh i mean you do have the oh my gosh why am i losing my mind the aliens that can ship shape shape shift uh yeah, that are that are impersonating uh, Samuel Jackson and and all that. So there, we do have a version of Shield, but again, like how much of it is under um, our you know, protagonist's control versus Hydra being thrown in there too, that sort of thing. So uh, I'm because they were clearly pulling the strings when when we thought shield was doing virtually nothing but good, but they were trying to gather the, the uh, soul stone or the, the power stones to themselves uh, all along. So, so is this another situation like that? And now Wu is the rogue agent who has kind of figured out that, that sword is not, uh, you know, doing something good with this and that they're trying to extract something from Wanda that is bad for the rest of us. Good theory to me. It's better than what I had. <laughs> I mean, so I, th- I think we're jumping in now into theories about where this show is going. Um, <laughs> so with let, let's jump into where we were, where where it looks like we're headed from previous movies. So in Endgame, Loki escaped with the Tesseract mm-hmm. and they're going to be doing a Loki television show. And so clearly he's created some sort of alternate universe you have to think alternate timeline mm-hmm. and the Tesseract, uh, that, that stone, um, still exists. Uh, I'm recalling a, a brief moment in one of the trailers for WandaVision. And then also the fact that vision is there. Do you think that this in some way is bringing back the soul stone, which is, I mean, do you think we're going back to the infinity stones coming back around somehow? I don't know. That would explain the the multiverse of madness stuff, but I mean, if you remember when the Hulk uh, got 
the stone that he uh, received from another dimension and all that storyline. He was told when he did it, if he didn't bring it back and replace it where it should be in that timeline, that it would rip across, you know, apart uh, the universe and and the timelines and all that sort of stuff. So I, my thought gravitated more towards is this, um, if Loki is involved in this, which it would seem that he is because they're doing his TV show as well, and they like to do you know threaded storylines and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So if Loki's um, separate uh, you know timeline that he's created is part of that, is this kind of the unraveling of that? Like is uh, it, it, is this leading to the multiverse of madness? And this is the first thing she you know maybe Wanda's just that perceptive with with the powers that she has is this something that's affected her before anybody else that sort of thing i don't know tim thoughts <laughs> yeah i i like i like where, <laughs> i like where chad's going uh, <laughs> yeah. i just waste way too much time thinking about this stuff oh yeah and like i said that's why i i did a rewatch uh because i wanted yeah. to sit and and try to eagle eye as much as i could um a couple of things i did notice um in the first episode when um when they're having the dinner party and Agnes comes to the front door and I caught it the first time. And then when I watched it the second time, I, I even asked, Beth, I told Bethany, I said, come see if you see what I see. As soon as Wanda opens the door, Agnes is holding the side of her head. And that tied in with, uh, again, no, no offense to the actress. I'm just always going to call her Kitty uh, from <laughs> that 70s show. The fact that she kept talking about being woozy, even though head, you were yeah. you were to believe it was because she was hungry. Mm-hmm. Part of me wondered, after seeing Agnes kind of holding her head, like, is it because of what's happening is, you know, messing with their, their memories, their their mind? And, and you can't help but, again, go to, wait. I, I said the soul stone. Is the yellow one the soul stone? My mind just went, or is it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, because um, I was thinking, is it called the mind stone? Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm. You see, I can see Chad going. Yeah. Wait, is it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so part of me wondered again, is it that whole unsure? Because we saw those cracks again, going back to Gwendolyn or Monica, whatever you want to call her. Uh, not remembering who she was. And then even, uh, again, I can't remember the character's name. Um, I'm going to call her Anya because I know her from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But the the main girl that was preparing everything, you know, when the oh, radio yeah, yeah. came through, when, the, you know, she even yeah. looked off as if something was being broken in her connection to the the world and whatnot. Um, well, if you back up to that first episode with that strange scene where uh, the boss, Mr. Hart is getting angry because nobody can produce uh, answers. I kind of, I very much resonate with what you're saying, Larry, in the sense that it seems like all of these people are real people. They're not necessarily, uh, you know, imaginary or, or any kind of, you know, fictional thing yeah. that, that they're perceiving because I think the reason he started choking is they were getting too close to asking, you know, real questions. Like he's getting upset uh, and it just broke uh, Mrs. Hart. She just sat there laughing and saying, stop it over and over and over again. Yeah, but even that performance, you could kind of tell like in her eyes that she didn't want to be laughing. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it was like something was making her laugh. But then post that... uh, it seemed like really only Wanda knew that something went super wrong there. 
like even Vision was just like happy he's getting a promotion now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wanda was the only one that seemed disturbed to me about the very bizarre situation that just happened. But even she kind of slides over going back and going, why don't I know when we got married and mm-hmm. where we came from and everything. So, or, so th- or you know, there's some, why haven't I brought this on? Why doesn't she have an accent? <laughs> ah. Didn't even recognize that until yeah. you just said that because yeah. it would look weird in a fifties sitcom, <laughs> but, you know, but, but you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it honestly, <laughs> it wasn't until that, that scene at the end of that first episode when they mentioned that, you know, she's from, uh, uh, my mind just went blank. Uh, uh Sokovia. 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 Yeah. I kept wanting to put an L in it. I was like, there's no L in that. Uh yeah, that she's from Sokovia. And I was like, oh yeah, she's got an accent. Like she's had an accent in every other movie. Why doesn't yeah. she have an accent? But unless she's once again, if that and I don't keep going back to this, if this is all in her imagination, then that's almost like a dream. Like maybe that's how she wants to sound like it would sound in that 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 era of TV. So once we get back to the real yeah. world. I wouldn't be surprised if she does have the accent. And so, and, and, and I know I'm kind of jumping in, but I've been listening a lot. But going back to that dinner party scene, it was really weird. And I, I'm going to go back and watch that episode again. I only watched them once, but he chokes, the, the, the thing comes out, and then it's like all of a sudden, okay, well, dinner's over, let's go home. And I was wondering, okay, were they just plants that are trying to see, okay, are they going to use their powers or how, are they going to try to be, be normal and keep their secret? So they almost seemed like they were. I wouldn't say I spies for lack of a better word, but spies coming into her world or her dream sequence to see what she's going to do. And will she break out of the normal cover she's trying to trying to keep up? Uh, No. And that's my thing, too, is about going back to what I said earlier. Is this a Truman show type thing? Mm -hmm. Um, But playing off of that and what Chad said is, did they in quotes, did they Mm -hmm. cause Mr. Hart to choke? Or did Wanda cause Mr. Hart to choke? Yeah, I'd have to go back. I'm leaning on. Yeah, yeah, I'm leaning on the they side of things. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, she clearly has control even of like time space because when the beekeeper shows up, she's just like, no, (laughs) we're not doing this. And just rewinds and and restarts, you know, the whole scene kind of thing. So uh, I don't know. I am more leaning on the they side of things. I think that the they, quote unquote, is controlling everything in this little town. Uh, and if you look at the trailers, um, the the last trailer they dropped before the show came out, there's even a, a, a tiny scene where it seems like a character has gotten to the edge of the illusion kind of thing. Like it's trying to like poker hand through this wall kind of deal. Uh, so I, I do think that there is the Truman Show aspect to it, uh, but I don't think it's – I guess why I'm not resonating with that particular analogy is I don't think it's for um, – You don't think uh, they're entertainment faking value. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is a how do we control Wanda to get her to do something specifically. Well, and you talk about that aspect in the trailers, uh, Gwendolyn, or again, Monica Rambo from Captain Marvel, you see her actually fly like out of whatever. It looks like they're ma- they might be in the 70s by that point because she's got the yeah. fro and her clothes and she ends up in a field. So we've already seen that that coming. But uh, I do want everyone to, to know that my wife, Bethany, has uh, joined us 
Um, she has not been in the conversation so far, but I know she she wants to have her say about <laughs> the initial reaction here. So so go ahead, Bethany. Um, let everyone know what your initial thoughts were of these first Prove two episodes. Prove us wrong, Bethany. Prove us wrong. Uh, well, I I'd have to know what you were talking about to prove you wrong. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm not a big I, I I haven't read the comic books, um, so I don't know the back history and the story. But I really enjoyed it. I I was a big fan when I was a kid of watching Nick at Night late at night, and so the the homages to all the old sitcom stuff was really enjoyable for a very base level reaction to it. Um, I even really liked the the Dick Van Dyke show reference at the very beginning where he almost runs into the chair, which, you know, mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke always fell over and then he right. just walked through it. Just phased through it. Yeah. But I guess, um, so my theory, and this is coming out of thin air because I don't know the history of everything, but I think. But that's it, like 80% probably of the audience that's watching it. Yeah. So. So yeah. then I'm the right one is what you're saying. <laughs> So anyways, so my theory is Wanda is devastated by the loss of Vision, as we already know. And House of M. <clears throat> um, go ahead. Bless you. And so, uh, so she's devastated by the loss of Vision. She possibly gets this idea to bring him back in the only way she knows how. And gets, maybe, you were saying that uh, What's-Her-Face was a person, possibly Agnes, a bad person. Agnes, yeah, we talked Agnes. about that earlier. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe she's, like, got her helping her. But in order to, you know, really hold the illusion, she's got to block the old memories out. And then possibly some of the other characters, like the Mr. Hart, any... Any person that goes against her is possibly trying to fight to get her out of this because it's causing a bigger issue. That's my mm-hmm. theory. So I don't think that flies in the face of anything that we've been mm-hmm. theorizing so far. It oh. actually adds the element that is Wanda doing this of her own volition, mm-hmm. which I don't think the three of us really considered yet. I and think I don't... she is... But she's doing it without regard to some sort of consequence. Like, she's not aware of some sort of consequence that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of a deal with the devil kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, going back to the Mephisto. Uh, <laughs> reference. Yeah. But, you know, now, what, it, what Bethany said about Agnes, you know, who I theorize is Agatha Harkness, um, kind of aiding uh, Wanda in this, that's not far off from the comics either. Because Agatha is, in the comics, is one of the... She's a witch, and mm-hmm. she helps train um, uh, Wanda in the comics to learn a lot of her ability. Which throws me back. We've been talking about the trailer. Remember, the, there's going to be a Halloween episode in which Wanda's yeah. dressed like she is in the comic. Uh, Vision will dress like he does in the comic. If you remember, they show Agnes, and she's dressed as a witch. Yeah. So, eh, still leaning towards that. It's possible. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to hold on to that one. We're, we're, we'll see where that goes, but yeah, I'm going to hold have, on. My, my, my good friend Ron West, who's into the 80s podcast, he's on there a lot. But he's much he like he's he's the Marvel side of Laramie. Laramie, see, and Ron is like my Mr. Marvel there. They're both big comic book guys. But we were talking earlier today, and he talked a lot about Agnes, and he was saying everything you're saying, that he believes, you know, that the witch, uh, but he mentioned that she sometimes is a frenemy, 
to yes. Scarlet Witch as well. Like she sometimes right. she's helping her and sometimes she's not at all based on what benefits her. So um, I, I think that I, I think that's true for the show going forward that I'm not quick. This is always helping Wanda with the pure intent. For right. sure. So so let's kind of bring this bring this home because um, uh, we can theorize and do everything <laughs> and keep discussing. Uh, I do want to mention this to both of y'all. Uh, go back and watch the opening of the second episode, the animated opening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When Wanda and Vision end up on the couch, look at the uh, end table next to them. There is a statue of Thor sitting next <laughs> to them. Yeah. If you didn't okay, catch cool. that, I, I just want to point that out. Um, so what I think we want to end this with is how do you think in the remaining six episodes that they have, how do you think this will, we mentioned the multiverse of madness possibly, but how do you think this plays into the MCU as a whole? Is this their way of bringing vision back or is there a bigger aspect to it? Like, what do you think is ultimately the, like you mentioned, Kevin Feige and Marvel like to do all the connected stuff. So what seed gets planted with WandaVision? How does this kick off Phase 4 and move everything forward with Phase 4? Oh, man. I do think that it has something to do with um, with extraterrestrials. and I mean, we've already been shown this, the sword logo, so I think that it is a big turning point into moving us into the, the cosmic phase of the Marvel storytelling uh, where, you know, we're on a crash course with an Eternals movie. There's, there's so much going on that is no longer earth centric. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is going to propel us into that uh, on the details, as far as some of the, the other stuff you were talking about, I mean, will it bring vision back into the, the fold uh i don't know but i kind of hope it doesn't uh just from it would just make storytelling very difficult in that universe if if really no one can die like i know people made fun of of you know in game uh bringing back everybody after infinity war kind of thing but they didn't bring back everybody there were still deaths uh you know even the loki that we have is not the redeemed loki that that by uh, Infinity War is is kind of an anti-hero, that sort of thing. And so, Gamora is not the Gamora that we had in right, the previous yeah, films. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, even with a Black Widow movie coming, it, it looks like Black Widow is dead. So I, I don't like the idea of now just everything is up in the air. And, uh, you know, if we can get uh, RDJ to come back, does that mean Iron Man also comes back? You know, that sort of I, I just I think that cheapens the storytelling a little bit. So. Uh, as much as I love seeing Paul Bettany again play the character, uh, and also play you know uh, Dick Van Dyke and yeah. some you know whichever person w- in I Dream of Genie that was you know the one he went off of I don't know but uh, I just don't I I kind of hope he doesn't come back in that sense. Yeah, I agree. I, I I'm I'm of the same thought as Chad. Is bring him back to what the story they've been they've been telling up to this point. So. Um, I'm going to throw out a really crazy theory that I just thought of. And I wondered if this is a galaxy quest situation where there are extraterrestrials that have found our old uh, TV shows. And now they've <laughs> caught Wanda and, and they placed her in these, these TV shows thinking that they're real. No, I'm just, I'm totally just joking. Cause I, I love galaxy quest so much, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, right. uh, but to answer your question, where do I see honestly? And to be honest, I really don't want to know. I want to just enjoy the ride over the next six episodes and really just, 
I want to be amazed at what they do. And I think maybe because we've had to wait so long with pushback because of the coronavirus and not seeing Captain Marvel, not seeing the Black Widow, uh, things getting pushed back. I just want to enjoy it for this. I mean, this is fun to talk about. I'm not saying let's not talk about it, but I- I'm trying. I'm. I. You guys were talking about the trailers. I purposely did not watch any of the last couple of trailers because, like, I don't want to know. I just want to watch these episodes as fresh as I can when they come up. So all the stuff you talked about. I don't remember. I, I haven't seen, so uh, I, I just want to be surprised. As well. We gave a spoiler alert, Tim. I'm sorry. We... <laughs> you didn't mention the trailer. I... That was, that was... <laughs> Tim, <laughs> don't feel bad. I only noticed it because every two minutes, Laramie would pause it and be like, "Do you see that?" On the second viewing, not on the <laughs> no, first. No, viewer. sir. No, sir. Back it up. <laughs> I would just like to point out how inundated we are with uh, Marvel content when the yeah. like eight months is uh, since we've seen a, a movie come out is like a long time for Tim. You know, it's yeah. like <laughs> we're yeah, in a drought. We true. used to wait four or five years yeah. for a sequel to come out, and yeah. it's so awesome. By the way, speaking of being so uh, so used to the way Marvel does things, uh, did it catch any of y'all the fact that the credits would start and it wouldn't immediately do the little Disney pop-up? So you almost wondered, yeah. is there something I'm about to oh, have I'll, to see? Yeah. yeah, I was waiting. I was waiting for it uh, at the end of episode one. And even for the episode two, when the when the credits started to roll, I was like, okay, these credits are different from the first credits. And they were the same, so I fast-forwarded them. But I, I was still hoping to see some, you know, continue, like, some uh, extra scene, or... extra scene, and yeah, in credits. Was scene. I the only one that watched them all the way through the credits, though? Just all hoping that minutes. there was uh, like, well, that there would be clues. Like, yeah, I'm oh, just yeah. watching. Like, what's it, what can I pick yeah. out of? This? Oh well, yeah, yeah, no, I, I even said to Bethany, I wonder if the the little you know little digital things they're showing yeah. that's forming yeah. thing, and the, the fact that it ends with the interlocking like, interlocking rings. Like, I'm going, yeah. do those rings represent something? Marriage, baby. Uh, but <laughs> well, comic I only book wise, that, like, well, like because the I think that's the a bit episode, of a jump, yeah. Bethany. <laughs> well, I, well, at the end of the first episode, they made the comment about we don't have rings, and that's kind of how that episode ended. So it yeah. made sense for the first time through the credits, but when they replayed the exact same credits for the second episode, I was expecting it to be something different, like to pay homage to that second episode, but it didn't. So I'm with you, Larry. I was like, are the rings of bigger importance that we don't know about, or was it just they didn't have a they didn't want to spend the money to do a different uh, that's exactly. <laughs> different like, that was They've run out of budget. Credit, buddy. I don't think they're doing those for every eight, all eight episodes. I mean, it's not like they haven't made any money over the last years. So yeah, no. Well, they did do completely unique, uh, yeah, opening sequences to both, and yeah. those like are not a... cheap either. Like, I mean, again, awesome. that second that second episode, the opening is a complete animated yeah. opening. Yeah. So, and then you got the animated oh, inside of Vision. Yeah. Which I <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Uh, am I, so as a kid of the 90s, I'm not going to lie, I'm very much looking forward to the TGIF. Uh, angsty, angsty Wanda, who looked very much like Claire Danes, you know, from uh, My So-Called Life in the trailer. I was like, man, I, childhood flashbacks. I'm hoping they make a full house reference. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they don't they do something to the fact that she's the Olsen twins younger sister. sister. Yeah. But is that one from the 90s or the the 20 teens? I mean, you go either way with that one. So. Right. No. All right. Well, <laughs> I think uh, I think now's a good time as any to kind of wrap this up. Um, we we will come back, whether it's this full panel or uh, one of us individually. However, we decide to do it. We're definitely going to come back after the 
full series has dropped uh, in a couple of months and we get all eight episodes and see what we realized, how close we were to things being right, and um, and what this, as as I said, what this ultimately means to the MCU and the mm-hmm. kickoff to Phase 4. Um, yeah. So I look forward to that, but uh, I'll go ahead and, and wrap things up. So thank you, Bethany, for, for jumping in and joining us uh, from the, the non-comic book nerd perspective. Um, and also thank you, Tim and Chad. Uh, any, any last words anyone wants to say regarding what they're looking forward to or, or anything regarding one? The Samuel L. Jackson cameo that we all know coming. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I'm just looking forward to see where it goes. And I, I think remembering the series that, you know, hopefully this is in one of multiple. I hope it doesn't rush through too fast and they try to, you know, answer too many questions. But I don't want to lose such a five seats to find out that. I, she's I don't just, think we will. I think this is a one and done. I really do. I think. You do think? Uh, yeah, I think this is a it's it's one series. It's these eight episodes, and then there there we get a conclusion that ties into something else. I don't think we get a. Yeah, with the sitcom by decades, I I would tend to agree with you there. It does seem like we're we're rapidly ending what they can do with with the theory behind Wandavision on purpose. Like I don't think that was an accident. So I agree with you, Laramie. Now we'll uh, see. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. And um, thank you for listening. Please uh, review us on Apple Podcasts. It does a lot to keep the momentum of the show going. And uh, join us as we uh, continue watching. And we'll come back in a, a couple of months to see how things went. But uh, for now, on behalf of all of my guest hosts, I'm Laramie Wells. And for Moving Panels, I'll see you on the other side of the page. Hello movie viewers and fellow movie lovers. My name is Tim Williams and I'm the creator and host of Movie Views Presents the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. See, I love the 80s and I have a great appreciation and nostalgic passion for the classic 80s flicks that birthed my love for movies and ultimately helped shape my childhood. On each episode, I'll discuss, with a special guest co-host of course, a different film from the 1980s. We'll share memories, favorite characters, iconic scenes, and even share some behind-the-scenes stories along the way. We'll discuss famous blockbusters like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Coming to America, Ghostbusters, Dirty Dancing, Top Gun, Die Hard, and many, many more, as well as some other cult classics and even lesser-known flicks we discovered on cable TV or the now-defunct video rental stores. Remember those? No matter what 80s flick we choose to talk about, we'll always have a good time, so come and check us out. You can find the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast on major podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. Be sure to subscribe or follow so you don't miss a single episode. Once again, I'm Tim Williams, and I hope you'll join me for the next 80s Flick Flashback.